This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today's podcast is titled, The All of Slavery. What is an all? Think of it as an ice pick, a small metal rod with a handle and a super sharp tip. It's used for piercing, uh, for example, piercing leather or skins, animal skins, or for scribing on wood for marking it. In Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 12 through 17, we read an interesting passage. There is a lot of background here, but I want to skip it all, except for the fact that every seven years, personal debts were to be canceled in Israel. Can you imagine? No debt to deal with. Every seventh year, it would be canceled. Of course, the economy ran on this principle, so nobody was cheated, but everyone was free from debt every seven years. You know, the Bible talks a lot about debt, and it's never in a positive sense. Debt is a type of slavery. As I read the verses, notice that slavery under God's rules is different than the historical slavery that we have had in the United States in our past. The slavery we read about in our country's history is barbaric. It's evil. And of course, this type of slavery exists today in in the world. There's different places, different types of slavery, like, for example, uh, the sexual slavery that uh, many people are experiencing right now. It's a terrible thing. God set up Israel to be a witness to the whole world of his greatness and his love. If only they would have followed his laws, it would have been so much different. All right, so let's get into it. Deuteronomy fifteen twelve through 17. If any of your people, Hebrew men or women, sell themselves to you and serve you six years, in the seventh year you must let them go free. And when you release them, do not send them away empty-handed. Supply them liberally with your flock, with your threshing floor, and your winepress. Give to them as the Lord has blessed you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. This is why I give you this command today. But if your servant says to you, I do not want to leave you, because he loves you and your family, and is well off with you, then take an all and push it through his earlobe into the door, and he will become your servant for life. Do the same for your female servant. If you don't understand the whole of the Israelite biblical culture, we might believe that God condones barbaric slavery, but he doesn't, not at all. In fact, every seven years, no matter what, People had to be set free if they were in servitude. And if they decided they wanted to stay with their master, they could. But it was a relationship, an economical relationship that was good for both. Now, let's put ourselves in this situation. We're the slaves and Jesus is our master. The first point is true. We are indebted to our master. He came and he paid the price for our sin, a debt that we couldn't pay. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 18. A king wanted to settle his accounts with his servants, so he called them all in. One servant came up owing an incredible debt. He couldn't pay it. But the king had mercy on him, and the servant went free 
The king canceled, forgave his debt. The same is true with every born-again believer. The king has forgiven our debt through the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The second point, we love our master. If you're born again and you know the Lord well, you will love him because he is wonderful to us in showing us his salvation, in crucifying his son, Jesus Christ, in order that we might be saved. So we see his love. Also, we are to love his family, and that's the body of Christ. I hear so many people say that, you know, the body of Christ has done them wrong and how bad the church is. But listen, our relationship is first with the Lord, and then through the Lord and His strength, we live and love people, even people who have been uh, mean to us, that have done us wrong. And there's many, many problems in the church, no doubt. As you look through history, there's been some wolves in sheep clothing in the church. But His body, the family of God, we are to love them. We are to forgive. We are to work through it. doesn't mean that we can hang out with all of them, but we are to love them. Point number three, we are much better off as Christians than we were when we were unbelievers. The rewards of Christianity are absolutely amazing. First of all, we have a relationship with our Creator. It was broken because of sin, but now we have been redeemed, and we have this relationship with God. We have the hope of eternal life. We have the blessings and the protection of the Father through Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, giving us counsel and helping us through each day. We are better off than when we were unbelievers, lost in a world, destined to a place where God is not. We know that is hell. All three of these points match up to these verses in Deuteronomy the master and the servant condition. Our master is rich. We are indebted through our sinful behavior. He has paid for our debt. We are redeemed. Now we love him and his family, and we are much better off in this life. These points are simple, and I think we all get them, though we don't get pierced through the ear. It's a marking that we were a slave to a master. But we do get marked in Christ, and that is one of the most important points I want to make today. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. We are marked. We are sealed with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And this is a deposit guaranteeing. This is uh, uh, something that is physically and spiritually working in our lives so that we know that we know that we have eternal life in Christ. It's a spiritual marking. It's not like the all through our earlobe. 
but I am convinced in the spiritual realm that all can see if we have Christ in our heart. I believe the evil spirits can see us. If you look at how they talk to Jesus in the New Testament, the evil spirits knew right away that Jesus was the Christ because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Also, through the work of the Holy Spirit, Christ's character is going to be manifest into the natural realm through us. For example, a Christian is the only one who truly loves God, and he wants to please God. So in his life, there's going to be time of worship. Remember, worship is speaking of God's worth. We are going to speak of God's worth, and our whole life is going to be surrounded with thanksgiving to God. The Spirit will also manifest in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and and it goes on. These works or fruits of the Spirit will be manifest in our life, and we will begin to show the character of Jesus through the manifestation of the Spirit. We also want to resist the world and all the evil and the lies and worship only one King, Jesus Christ. You see, the world and Satan, they want to make many different ways to God, but there's only one way to God, that's Jesus, and we are going to worship only one God. We are going to understand that only Jesus is the way to God, and this is going to befuddle the world. They're not going to like it, so we will be marked in that way. We will speak the gospel. We will tell other people of God's love. We will tell them about how we got saved and how God is taking care of us. People that are not Christians, they don't have this testimony. We are marked. We have the markings of the Master, Jesus Christ, in our life. Have you ever asked the the Lord to push that all of forever dedication through your earlobe. And of course, that would be just a symbol. I'm not saying that's going to happen in in the physical realm. When we think about Jesus' life and how he was dedicated to the will of God, we have a great example. Not saying a word when falsely accused, taking mocking, beatings, extensively scourged, exposed, crucified, He was half dead, hanging on the cross. When they offered him a drug to numb the pain, he refused it. Nothing got in his way to drink the cup of God's will. The suffering, the ridicule, the pain, he drank it all to the dregs. So we have a great example. Let me list just a few points that Jesus taught while he was still alive on the earth. He told us, first of all, And the greatest commandment, to love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, and soul, with all of our strength, to put God first. What an example Jesus gave us. He tells us in Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom of God. There's so many things on this earth to seek. The well-being of our bodies, the the money that we make, the positions that we hold, etc., etc. But God tells us to seek first. First, the kingdom of God. Jesus tells us to deny ourselves and daily take up our cross and follow him. 
Now, when we take up a cross, the cross is a symbol of death, death to self, life to Christ. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That is dedication to God's way. I think about the people in many different countries. I think about this often, actually, China, North Korea, Iran, Yemen, Somalia, so many other places. So many Christians are living in and under the sentence of either imprisonment or death because of their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the world hates Jesus, but God loves the world, and he is reaching out to the world so that some people who will give up their life in this, in this world and give their life to him, he will take them for eternity. We are going to have to toughen up as uh, North Americans because persecution is on the horizon. And let us now draw near to God so that we have relationship with him and that we are in close uh, communion with him so that when pressure comes, we will be able to stand up under that pressure and under that trouble. Ask the Lord figuratively to take his all and push it through your earlobe into his door so that you might be marked marked by the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Hopefully, hopefully this short message has encouraged you and you're thinking about your dedication to the Lord. But if you don't do anything about it, we've wasted our 10 minutes, 15 minutes here. Make a change. Set a goal in your life to overcome the pressures of this world and to take time to focus on Christ. I really encourage you to set a time each day to spend time in his word, in prayer, and also that you would pray for other people that the gospel of Jesus Christ would go to them through your lips, through your life, through the markings of the Holy Spirit in your life. Be prayerful about that. Eternity is forever. We are now on the way to an, a glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes, we all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to visit me at thecleansoul.org.